Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, August the 13th, in the year 2007, we are in Stonehill College for our retreat with the theme Mindfulness, Fearlessness, and Togetherness. We just ended our summer retreat in Plum Village on the 4th of uh, August. And so many uh, young people came uh, to our summer opening. They came from 50 countries. And I had the opportunity to do walking meditation with the children. And I enjoy, and I enjoy it a lot. <coughs> There, there is a little temple <coughs> down the hill called Sernha Temple. And we begin uh, walking from the upper hamlet to Plum Village to the Sernha Temple. And uh, I feel uh, wonderful every time uh, I have the opportunity to, uh, <coughs> to do walking meditation with uh, children. Not all of them speak English. Only uh, about uh, 30% of them speak English. They speak French, German, and Italian, and so on. And everyone was learning in order to communicate each other. Uh, <clears throat> the summer opening uh, lasted uh, four weeks. And each week we, have, we had one uh, lazy day. A lazy day, lazy day is a day when uh, there is no schedule. You do, you practice the way you like. No bell, no schedule. You are on your own. You practice uh, the way you like. And a lazy day in Plum Ridge is wonderful. Do you think that the Buddha likes to be lazy from time to time? I think uh, he does. But uh, if you practice uh, in Plum Village, we'll find out that uh, it's not so easy to be lazy because you are used to be doing something. To stop doing something, that is very difficult. To be lazy in Plum Village means to take your time to enjoy every moment of your daily life. Suppose you are brushing your teeth. You don't do it in a hurry. You brush your teeth in such a way that you enjoy brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth in such a way that happiness and joy and freedom and, and peace become possible during the time you brush your teeth. And it's not easy. It's not easy because you are used to, uh, to do it very quickly in order to do something else. So it's not uh, enough peace and joy and freedom during the time of uh, tooth brushing. 
And when you eat your breakfast, you do the same. You eat your breakfast in such a way that every moment of your breakfast uh, becomes a moment of joy, of peace, of freedom. You don't eat in a hurry. You enjoy every morsel of food that you are eating. You are entirely with your breakfast. Your mind does not think of something else, just breakfast. And the people who are with you eating breakfast. I have discovered one thing. There is one thing I like a lot. Um, French toast. <laughs> and I have discovered that uh, when you are in France, you cannot find French, French toast. <laughs> Only in America that you can find uh, French toast to, to enjoy. It's strange, but that is true. Uh, 30 years ago, in a retreat uh, here in the United States of America, I asked a, a little boy, five, 10-year-old, what is the use of eating breakfast? And Tim said, eating breakfast in order to have, uh, to, to, uh, to get the, the energy for the day. That is true, but uh, you, may, you may answer otherwise, in other ways. I like this answer. I eat breakfast because I like breakfast. <laughs> it's like uh, when they ask, uh, why, why do you like chocolate? Why do you eat chocolate? And you may like to answer, because I like it. I like to eat chocolate. In the Buddhist uh, practice, uh, you eat your breakfast in such a way that uh, eating breakfast becomes a joy. You take time to enjoy your breakfast. So you don't eat in a hurry. You enjoy every uh, minute of your breakfast. And eating breakfast like that uh, can uh, nourish you can transform you, can heal you, can bring you a lot of joy and peace. In a retreat like this, when we eat breakfast, we don't talk. Because if we talk, we will lose ourselves in the talking, and we do not enjoy really our breakfast. And that is why no more silence is uh, helpful. Because I want to focus on my breakfast. I want to be with my breakfast. I want to be with people around me eating breakfast. And that can bring me a lot of joy.
when you <coughs> when you eat your breakfast uh, in that way, you are mindful of every morsel of breakfast you you take. You are mindful of the food uh, you eat. You are mindful of the people sitting around you. And you are concentrated on breakfast eating. You don't think of anything else. You don't think of the past. You don't think of the future. You don't think of your projects. That, that is why you are truly eating your breakfast. When uh, I drink my tea, I practice the same. I hold my tea in such a way that uh, I become truly present in the here and the now, so that can I can get in touch with the tea deeply. I do not think of the past, of the future. I do not think of uh, my projects. That is why I can be truly here for the tea. And when I am truly here for the tea, the tea will be there for me also. So drinking tea, we need some concentration in order to enjoy the tea. I like to drink my tea uh, mindfully. That is called mindful drinking. Why you drink your tea? If you think of other things, that's not mindful drinking. So when I drink my tea mindfully, I am true. The tea is real. I am real. And in that moment, Life, true life is there. And as I have learned uh, to drink my tea uh, mindfully, I have learned a lot from, uh, from drinking. I'm so concentrated that I can see a cloud in my tea. In fact, my tea has come from the sky. The cloud was floating in the sky. The cloud has become the rain. And with that rain, uh, we have uh, water in the river, in the mountains. We have water in our kitchen in order to make tea. And that is why drinking my tea so mindfully with concentration, I can see that I'm drinking the cloud. It's wonderful to have uh, such uh, an intimate uh, relationship with, with the cloud. I realize that there are a lot of clouds in myself. I'm made of clouds. And that is why, that's what I discover, why I I drink my tea. Many of us uh, are running after something. You might be running after a diploma, uh, 
something else. And because we are running, we don't have much chance in order to be with what is there in the present moment. In the present moment, there is breakfast. I don't want to miss my breakfast by thinking of other things. So I want to stay with my breakfast. I want to stay with my tea. Because drinking tea can be very pleasant, very wonderful. And because of that, the people organize uh, tea uh, ceremony. meditation in order in order to learn how to enjoy being with the tea and that is a spiritual practice it helps us to stop and to enjoy what is there in the present moment what is in the present moment is your tea it is your breakfast when you practice uh, walking, meditation. You enjoy every step you make. This morning we uh, begin at 6 and we walk to this meditation hall. And our practice is to enjoy every step uh, we take. Of course, uh, we walk to the meditation hall, but uh, we practice arriving in every moment, in every step. When I make a step, I say, I have arrived. And when I take another step, I say, I am home. I have arrived. I am home. The purpose of walking meditation is to arrive at every moment. Of course, if you uh, spend 20 minutes walking like that, you arrive at the meditation hall. But in a meditation hall, what do you do in a meditation hall? You practice sitting and walking in order to arrive in the here and the now. So you do the same thing in a meditation hall. So you don't have to hurry in order to arrive at the meditation hall. Your practice is to arrive with every step in the here and the now. Because something wonderful is happening always in the here and the now. And you don't want to miss that. And because you have the uh, habit of running, that is why many of us have missed many things that happened in the present moment. I have arrived. It means I have arrived in the here and the now. I am home. I feel at home in the here and the now. And I must tell you this. When you feel that you have arrived, when you feel that you are home, happiness becomes a real thing. 
happiness will not be possible if you feel that you have not arrived, that you are not home. So the practice uh, is to arrive every moment in the here and the now, which is your home, and enjoy what is happening in that uh, moment. And walking from my uh, dorm to the meditation hall, I enjoy every step. I have arrived. I am home. I have arrived. I am home. What uh, happens in the present moment is I'm making a step. And making a step like that can bring nourishment, healing, peace, and joy to me. And I know that when I arrive at the meditation hall, I sit down. I still continue to practice arriving and feeling at home with my in-breath and my out-breath. And walking like that is called uh, mindful walking. Mindful eating your breakfast, mindful drinking your tea, mindful walking to the meditation hall. Enjoyable. Mindful breathing is enjoyable also. When I brush my teeth, I want to practice mindful brushing. And I want to brush my teeth in such a way that uh, the time of uh, toothbrushing becomes a joyful time, peaceful time, happy time. And uh, You need some training in order to enjoy brushing your teeth like that. In the beginning, you are you still feel the energy of uh, running. You want to brush quickly in order to do other things. So you are told by a friend or by a teacher that uh, you should stop running while you are breathing. You're running in your mind. You are breathing, you, are, you want to do it very quickly in order to finish with it. So brushing your teeth like that does not bring you joy and peace and happiness. So brushing your teeth in such a way, you take your time. And if you are used to brush your teeth like that, you begin to see a lot of interesting things.
at my age. It's wonderful to feel that you still have some teeth in order to brush. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings you a lot of joy. So a lazy day in Plum Ridge is a day when you try to enjoy every moment of the day, whether you are walking or sitting or washing or writing a letter. Your practice, your training is to enjoy every moment. And you do it your own way. On the other days, not lazy day, you follow the schedule. You go to the meditation, you the to sitting meditation. You go to the Dharma talk. You go to the um, mindful uh, meal, and you follow the schedule. And you uh, profit from the collective energy of the Sangha in order to practice well. But on a lazy day, you are on your own. And your practice is to be as lazy as possible. It means that uh, you, you try not to be hurry, in a hurry. You enjoy every moment. You cherish every moment of your uh, lazy day. And if you meet someone um, while you are walking, you might like to smile. And if you want to say something, the best thing to say is, are you lazy enough today? The fact is that in our civilization, we are so uh, busy. We are always doing something. We get used to be doing something. We cannot stop in order to enjoy. And that is why the lazy day is a, a great opportunity for us to learn. Not to do anything. Not to go anywhere. Nowhere to go. Nothing to do. And this is a very deep practice. Very strong practice. Unfortunately, we only have five days in this retreat. We cannot afford to have a lazy day. But maybe you you can arrange so that you have a few uh, lazy hours every day in order to enjoy. Uh, this is possible. There is a tendency in every one of us to to run. There is a, there is a, a kind of energy that is pushing us to run, to run after something. And... Uh, the practice of uh, Buddhist meditation 
is to be aware of that tendency and to train ourselves to stop. If we are not able to stop, we are still pushed by that kind of energy and we will not be able to enjoy what is happening in the here and the now. And that is why uh, stopping, feeling that you have already arrived, you are already home, is very important practice. I have arrived, I am home, is a song that you sing. And uh, while you do uh, walking meditation, you do sitting meditation, you practice mindful breathing, uh, you may like to use uh, the song I have arrived, I am home, in order to always go home to the here and the now and stop uh, running. And when the children uh, hear the small bell, they may like to stand up and follow the young brothers and sisters monastics outside in order to continue uh, learning about uh, I have arrived, I am home. Dear friends, I would like to uh, speak a little bit about uh, slow walking, slow walking meditation. When you practice alone, you are, when you have uh, five or ten minutes alone, you may like to practice uh, slow uh, walking meditation. You breathe in. And you make one step. And you may like to bring your attention on the sole of your foot. And you become aware of uh, the contact between your foot and the ground. And you may like to say silently, I have arrived. 
And you may like to uh, invest 100% of your body and of your mind into making such a step in order to succeed in making such a step, namely in order to truly arrive in the here and the now. You have to invest uh, all your body and your mind into making that step. Because uh, the tendency to run is always very strong. We know that even uh, in our dream, in our sleep, we continue to run. Running has become a habit. And the Buddhist um, practice of meditation begins with the practice of uh, stopping. And stopping here means stopping the running. The running has become a habit in our body. The running has become a habit in our mind, in our consciousness. A deep habit. And that is why the practice should be very deep in order to, to transform the habit. So we will create another habit in order to counter that old habit. We have to create the good habit of arriving, of stopping. And that energy that is pushing us has created a lot of uh, stress, a lot of uh, tension, a lot of pain within our body and in our mind. And it is uh, because of that uh, energy, that habit, energy of habit, that we have to train ourselves in order to transform that energy. And walking meditation is one of the ways to, to do so. When you breathe in, you take a step, and you say, I have arrived. I have arrived means I have arrived in the here and the now. According to the teaching of uh, the Buddha, life is available only in the here and the now. All the wonders of life are available only in the here and the now. What you need for your healing, for your transformation, for your peace, for your joy, uh, should be God in the here and the now. So it's very crucial, it's very important to arrive in the here and the now. It means to stop running. And investing 1% of your body and of your mind to making a step, you want to really arrive in the here and the now. You may arrive um, 50% or 60%. You have not arrived completely 100% to the here and the now. You resist making another step. You stay where you are 
and wait until you arrive completely 100% in the here and the now. And you have the luxury to do that if you practice walking alone. When we walk as a group, we cannot do that. You have to follow the same kind of speech. Uh, speak, uh, speed. You have to flow like a river. But when you are alone, you can afford uh, to, to walk very slowly. And uh, you will not make another step when you don't feel that you have completely arrived in the here and the now. You stay like that until you arrive. And then when you have truly arrived, you take another step. And you say, I am home. And you have to feel really at home in order to, for your step to be successful. I have arrived, I am home. If you don't feel at home in the here and the now, your stress, your tension, your habit of running is still there, very strong. And if you truly feel that you are home, you begin to heal. This is the practice of stopping. Samatha, stopping. And this is a training because we are used to run. And that is why we practice uh, arriving in order to to transform the energy, the habit of energy of running. We know that our body has the capacity to heal itself. When we cut our finger while chopping a vegetable, we may cut our finger. We need only to clean the wound and allow uh, the skin, uh, our finger, to heal itself. If we allow our body to to do the job of healing itself. And then your body can do it. The trouble is that we don't allow our body to do it, to do the healing. Because we are used to... We have lost our capacity of uh, allowing our body to, to heal. Resting. Resting is what our body needs in order to heal. And our mind also. Our mind has the capacity to heal itself, provided that we allow our mind to rest. But we have lived in such a way that uh, it has become very difficult for our body and our mind to rest. Mm. We feel that we need a vacation. We need uh, doing nothing. So we take a vacation. 
But uh, even if you have a vacation, you don't know how to use our vacation in order for our body and our mind to rest. An animal in a forest, when uh, it is uh, uh, wounded seriously, the animal knows what to do. It finds a place, a quiet place, and lie down. It does not think of uh, uh, eating, find something to eat, or running after another animal. Just lie down. And that is the wisdom uh, transmitted to them by several generations of ancestors. Just lie down. And allowing the, uh, the body to, to heal. And several days like that help uh, the animal to restore, to, to heal. And the animal stand up and continue. We humans, we, uh, we used to ha- have that kind of wisdom. But with this civilization, we have lost uh, that habit, that wisdom. We don't know how to rest anymore. We don't know how to allow our body to, to heal it anymore. And that is why you have to learn. In the, in the Sutra of Mindful Breathing, the Buddha uh, offers us uh, a number of exercises helping us to release the tension in our body, release the tension in our feeling and our feelings and our emotions in order for our body and our mind to, to rest. Breathing in, I am aware of my body. That is one exercise prescribed by the Buddha. When you breathe in, you bring your mind back to your body and become aware of your body. This is uh, the first step. And if uh, your breathing has become uh, more gentle, more peaceful and your body will profit from the gentleness and the peace of uh, our in-breath and our out-breath. Breathing in, I am aware of my whole body. A kind of uh, Family, family reunion between body and mind. In our daily life, uh, very, uh, very, of, very often, almost all the, the time, our mind is elsewhere. Our mind is caught in the future, in our projects. 
our mind is caught in uh, our regret concerning the past. Caught in our sorrow, our fear. The mind is seldom with the body. And this is, that is why uh, breathing in and become aware of the body is a way to bring the mind back to the body. You are not, you cannot be truly in the here and the now if your body and your mind do not come together. So um, bringing the mind back to the body is a very, is a basic uh, practice. Breathing in, I am aware of my whole body. And then the next exercise is breathing in, I release all tension in my body. Whether you are in a sitting position or lying position, uh, it is possible for you to become aware of your body and allow your body to release all the tensions. And we know that uh, if the tension in our body is accumulated a lot, many kind of disease will appear. And uh, to allow our body to release the tension, to rest, is very basic for the healing. Um, of course, uh, we, can, we may have the help of a doctor and of the medicine that are Described, uh, prescribed by the doctor. But you should remember the basic condition for healing is uh, the relaxation of our body. And that is why uh, these exercises uh, are very important. They should become a daily exercise now our life. No matter where you sit, you may like to practice uh, this exercise. Breathing in, I, be, I, I am aware of my whole body. I go back to my body. I reconcile with my body. Breathing out, I allow my body to relax, to release the tension. During the time we sit, during the time we walk, during the time we uh, eat, it is possible for us to to practice this. Releasing the tension in the body. Mind is always with the body in order to be aware of what is going on. And when you are able to be with your body 
and release the tension in your body, uh, you'll be able to recognize your feelings, your emotions. And release the tension in the bar, in the in the feelings and in the emotions. That is the object of uh, another exercise proposed by the Buddha. Within in, I'm aware of my feeling. That feeling might be a pleasant feeling might be a painful feeling or a neutral feeling. And the practice is to come home to your body, to your feelings, in order to recognize it. It's like using the energy of mindfulness in order to recognize and embrace the feeling. And while you embrace your feeling, your emotions, Uh, you are able to decrease the tension in that feeling, in that emotions. The emotion may be the emotion of fear or anger or worries. And the practice of mindful breathing is bringing in a kind of energy called the energy of mindfulness. And with that energy of mindfulness, you recognize the energy of fear, of anger, of anxiety. And although the energy of fear, anger, anxiety is still there, but you are in a safer, much safer uh, situation because the energy of mindfulness is... uh, taking care. Practicing uh, Buddhist meditation, we uh, generate three kinds of energies. The first one is mindfulness. The second one is concentration. And the third one is uh, insight. Insight Our insight has the capacity to liberate us from fear, from anger, from uh, anxiety. And the energy of insight is born from the energy of concentration and mindfulness. And mindfulness is the kind of energy that we uh, generate while walking, sitting, breathing, Uh, driving, cooking. When I drink uh, my tea mindfully, this is called mindful drinking. When I walk mindfully, it's called uh, mindful walking. When I eat mindfully, that is called mindful eating. When I breathe mindfully, it is called mindful breathing. So mindfulness is the kind of energy that you can generate all day long. And with that kind of uh, energy, you recognize what is going on in the here and the now.
there are many things that are happening in the here and the now. Many things inside of us and around us. And so we begin to pick up one, one thing that is happening in the here and the now. And that is our in-breath now, our breath. It's very beneficial to begin with our breath, in-breath and our breath. In the Sutra of Mindful Breathing, it begins like this. Breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Breathing in, I know that this is my in-breath that is uh, happening in the here and the now. So you identify your in-breath. You identify your out-breath. And you are so attentive your in, to your in-breath and out-breath that you become your in-breath and out-breath. And breathing in, breathing out, and becoming aware of your in-breath and out-breath may be a very pleasant thing. When you focus your attention on your in-breath and out-breath for one or two minutes, the quality of your in-breath and out-breath will improve. It will naturally become more deeper, slower, more peaceful, more gentle. You don't, you don't have to force them to be deeper or slower, uh, more, more harmonious, more gentle. Your in-breath and out-breath will become naturally deeper, slower, more relaxed if you continue. And that is why um, uh, this uh, gata, this uh, poem is uh, a good guide. In, out, deep, slow. Calm, ease, smile, release. In, out, deep, slow, calm, ease, smile, release, present moment, wonderful moment. That ten, ten lines. It means breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know I am breathing out. To identify your in-breath and out-breath. And after some time, you notice that breathing in, I know that my in-breath has become deeper. Breathing out, I notice that my out-breath has become slower. Deeper, slower. It means that the quality of your breathing has improved. It's more enjoyable. Next is uh, breathing in, I calm my body. 
It means breathing in, I allow the tension in my body to go away. Or breathing in, I release the tension in my body or in my mind. Breathing out, I take everything that is calm, ease. In, out, deeper, slower, calming, easing. The next is um, breathing in, I smile. Breathing out, I release, smile, release. Smiling is a very wonderful way to release the tension. There are hundreds of muscles on your face. And and whenever you are worried, you are angry, and there is a tension in these uh, hundreds of muscles. And if you know how to breathe in and smile, the tension will be gone very quickly. And you release all this, uh, all this tension. You release your worry. anxiety. And the last two sentences, present moment, wonderful moment. Breathing in, I establish myself in the present moment. Breathing out, breathing out, I know that this is This is a wonderful moment. We have only one moment to live, that is the present moment. Because uh, the past is already gone and the future is not yet there. That is why go back to the present moment and live deeply that present moment. And this is also a way to stop running in order to allow our body and our mind to rest, to heal, to get the nourishment it needs. And um, we have made uh, a song out of that. Uh, in, out, deep, Deep, slow, calm, ease, smile, release, present moment, wonderful moment. And during sitting meditation, you might like to use uh, these, uh, these words to guide your breathing in and out. And the roots of this uh, practice is um, the Sutra on Mindful Breathing, Anapanasati Sutta. And when you practice walking, you may like to use that poem also, breathing in. You walk, you make a step, and you say in. You make another step, you say out. Or if you walk, uh, in the case you walk more quickly with the 
with the sangha, uh, you can make uh, several steps while breathing in. Like uh, with slow walking, you just make one step while breathing in. Out. But walking uh, with a group of people, uh, you risk to block the way if you you do so uh, so slowly, so you might like to walk normally with two or step, two or three steps for your in breath, two or three steps for your out breath. In in out out in in out out. That is two steps for in breath. Two steps for our breath. You may do more quickly. In, 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 out, out, out. You work normally. And uh, the quality of your mindfulness is the same. Mindfulness does not mean that you have to be slow. But it is easier to begin with uh, being slow. And after that, you can do jogging. You can run mindfully. When we practice as a group, as a Sangha, we create uh, the collective energy of mindfulness. And we can profit from that collective energy of mindfulness that is much more powerful than than the individual uh, energy of mindfulness. We have to, to, to profit from this uh, collective energy. So when you sit with a Sangha like this, allow yourself to be transported by the collective energy of the Sangha. Allow yourself to be embraced by that energy. And when you practice walking with the Sangha, Feel the energy of uh, the Sangha. Allow the collective energy of Sangha to transport you. And the practice will be, become much easier. And you don't need to make effort. It's like a formation of birds in the sky. When they fly together like that, they save a lot of energy. And we do the same while practicing as a Sangha. We flow like a, a river. Imagine you are a drop of water in the river. If you are alone, you find your way to the sea with a lot of difficulties. But if you allow yourself to be embraced by the whole uh, river, you don't have to do anything. Just allow yourself to be transported by the current. And that is why in Buddhism we practice uh, taking refuge in the Sangha.
we profit a lot from the collective energy of the Sangha. In the Sangha, there are individuals who have practiced well and successfully. And the energy, the, the energy that they contribute is very important. Energy of peace, of uh, joy, of freedom. If you come to the Sangha, please uh, learn how to profit from that energy. Even if you have uh, important blocks of pain and sorrow and despair, allow the Sangha to hold it for you, to hold them for you. Dear Sangha, it is my block of pain of despair, of anger. Please hold them for me. Just allow the, 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 the collective energy of the Sangha to, to hold it for you. Don't keep it for you alone. The Sangha is there in order to, 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 to transport you, to embrace you, to carry you along. Just like uh, the river is holding, is carrying that drop of water with her. With the Sangha, it's possible for us to, uh, to, hold our, to hold our pain, our sorrow, our, our, our fear much more easily. We can always borrow that, uh, that collective energy of the Sangha to do so. So that is why, why you practice sitting with the Sangha, why you practice eating with the Sangha, or walking with the Sangha. Please allow yourself to be embraced by the Sangha, the collective energy. And you can walk with the feet of the Sangha. You can breathe with the, with the, with the lungs of the Sangha. It's much easier. There are things that when alone you find it difficult to do, but when you come with the Sangha, it becomes easy. And many of us have uh, had that experience with the Sangha doing the same thing becomes so natural and so easy. Like uh, walking meditation. When you come to Plum Village, you see that everyone, monastic and lay people, they walk joyfully, peacefully, happily. And suddenly you find yourself walking like them. The only condition is to allow yourself to be transported by the Sangha. Go as a river, not as a drop of water. That's the only thing. That is an intelligent practice. So the coming together of many uh, members of the Sangha uh, in a retreat is a very wonderful opportunity. And you should learn how to uh, uh, make use Profit from that, uh, from that uh, uh, collective energy, and when you go home, you can also bring home that kind of uh, energy of sangha in our body, in our mind to continue.
Dear friends, suppose I, I hold a leaf in my hand and I show it to you and everyone looking up, see this is a leaf. Suppose uh, I don't have the leaf, I have to draw it on a leaf on, on the blackboard. So when I show something, when I draw something, I want to uh, invite people to recognize it, uh, distinguish it from what it is not. A leaf is a leaf, is a leaf. It is not a flower. In fact, when we look deeply into the leaf, we can see many things. We can see the plant, we can see uh, uh, the sunshine, we can see uh, the cloud, we can see the earth. And that is why uh, when we utter the word uh, leaf, we have to be aware that a leaf is made of uh, non-leaf element. If we remove uh, the non-leaf elements like uh, sunshine, cloud, earth, there will be no leaf uh, left. Suppose I draw a body and I say, this is my body. And then you have to look at that body and you find the non-body elements in it. Why don't we have a blackboard here? <laughs> Come. No. When you look at the body, you see many things that you can call non-body elements. We are used to say, I am made of body and mind. As if body is something that can exist uh, independently from mind. In fact, without mind, the body cannot be the body. It may be a dead body, a dead body is not a body. So looking into the body, you see the mind. And looking into the mind, you see the body. A body that is alive, a living body, always has the mind in it. Life is not possible without uh, feeling 
perceptions. So to live a life is a process of uh, feeling and perceiving. Suppose uh, this is our body, and a body that is alive should have the mind in it, the capacity of uh, feeling, of uh, perceiving. And that is why the idea that the body is something uh, separate, independent of the mind, that idea should be removed. Suppose I, I draw another circle and I call it the mind. And I look into the mind and I see that the mind, the person, the perception, the feeling will not be possible without the body. So I can see body in mind and mind in body. Superposition. In Buddhism, we have the word interbeing. Body and mind inter are. This is because that is also. This is not because that is not. And that is the book, this teaching on uh, uh, interdependence, the teaching on interbeing. And uh, in the teaching of the Buddha, there is a part of our consciousness, it's called store consciousness. Because it can store many of our experiences. Store consciousness, alaya vishnana, is the lower part of our consciousness that has, it has the capacity to, uh, to learn and to process information. Store consciousness. Day and night operates in order to to learn and to process information. Life is not possible without uh, that uh, activities of uh, learning and processing. Uh, not only. Uh, for humans, but also for animals and plants. And when we observe, we say that we see that uh, 
sometimes there is the participation of mind consciousness, mental consciousness, which is the upper part of uh, our consciousness. When you drink, uh, when 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 you are thirsty, when your body needs water, there is an urge for you to look for water and drink some water. The animals and the plants, they are thirsty also, and they know how to look for water, for, for, for nourishment. And we human beings are like that. And that can be done with store consciousness. But when we practice uh, meditation, we want to evolve mind consciousness in everything. Because uh, we can survive just by store consciousness. We can walk, we can sit, we can eat, we can uh, do everything, we can drive our car as a robot. We can be, we can, we can be on uh, automatic pilot. Suppose you are driving your car. Your mind can be thinking of one million of things. Your mind might not be thinking of driving at all, and yet you can drive, and you can avoid accident. Because store consciousness has learned a lot. Mind consciousness, uh, store consciousness has uh, learned a lot and has uh, processed a lot. So store consciousness is enough to help us uh, drive to the city without our mind thinking about driving. We drive not not mindfully. As a practitioner of uh, mindfulness, we want to involve mind into the driving. We want to to be mindful all the way through through the city. We don't want to be on automatic pilot all the time. And that is why, um, that is why, when I walk, I want to practice uh, mindful walking. When I drink, I want to practice mindful drinking. When I sit, I want to practice uh, mindful sitting. When I breathe, I want to practice mindful breathing. When my mind is involved in my life, I will discover a number of things. I can uh, get many kinds of insight that I can download to store consciousness. 
storm consciousness has a part called uh, manas. That is driving us in the direction of pleasure, pleasure seeking. If we have the tendency to seek uh, pleasure, that is manas. If we have the tendency to avoid suffering, that is manas. If we ignore the goodness of uh, the the law, if we ignore the law of uh, moderation, that is manas. If we ignore the goodness of suffering, that is manas. In fact, suffering plays a very important role in our growth. Suffering is very important for, our, for developing our understanding and compassion and happiness. But manas does not know that. Manas always tries to avoid suffering. We know that we can learn a lot from suffering. If we want to, con- we know that happiness is not possible without uh, understanding and compassion and love. And love is not something possible if you don't understand, and especially understand the suffering. Getting in touch with suffering, understand the suffering, you cultivate compassion and love. And uh, if we don't know anything about our own suffering and the suffering around us, it is impossible for us to cultivate understanding and love. And without understanding and love, we cannot be happy. We cannot make other people happy. So understanding suffering. Learn from suffering is very important. And those of us who have suffered, we have learned from our suffering. We can become more compassionate, more understanding, because we have suffered. So we confirm, we see very well that uh, suffering instructs us a lot. And that is why uh, with uh, the practice of looking deeply, mind consciousness can realize the goodness of uh, suffering. And that is what uh, Manas does not know. That is why meditation helps us to transfer that kind of uh, insight down here in order to help transform. I like to uh, To repeat it, 
the uh, pleasure-seeking is uh, the natural tendency of uh, manas in store consciousness. And mind consciousness is capable to see the danger of pleasure-seeking. When the fish saw a beautiful, attractive bait, it has the tendency to bite. It does not know that there is a hook hidden uh, inside. So if the fish bite at the the bait, and then the fish will be taken off the water. So if uh, if uh, there is no practice of looking deeply by mind consciousness, we cannot uh, realize uh, the danger of pleasure seeking. And this is the kind of uh, wisdom that mind should uh, transfer to store consciousness. There is already the seed of that, uh, the seed of that uh, wisdom down here, and the mind consciousness just help this seed to uh, manifest and to grow. We all have the seed of compassion, of forgiveness, of joy, of uh, non-fear in us down here. But our way of uh, living our life uh, in the past many years have not allowed these seeds to, to be water, to uh, manifest, to grow. And that is why the practice of looking deeply can touch these wholesome seeds in store consciousness in order to help them grow. And that seed of wisdom about danger of pleasure seeking uh, can be touched by the practice of uh, mindfulness uh, of meditation. The danger of uh, not seeing the, the, the law of moderation. In fact, the wisdom of uh, moderation is there in our stock consciousness, is there in our body also. Uh, I have uh, in the past uh, practiced uh, the cleaning of uh, the digestive system. Uh, and during the process of uh, cleaning, uh, we practice uh, mindful eating and uh, chewing very carefully uh, every morsel of food. And uh, during the time of cleaning, you eat very little. You drink a lot of water to purify your body. 
and uh, you can listen to to your body. And when your your body uh, has got enough food, your body can tell you. If you listen carefully, you see that your body has a voice telling you that is enough. Personally, I have uh, heard the voice of my body. I have got enough of food. You can stop here. That voice is very clear. But if you don't listen, if, uh, if, you, if you are not attentive, you cannot hear that, that voice from your body. And you allow the manas to take the upper hand. Manas does not, uh, does not know the law of uh, moderation. In fact, our body has wisdom. And uh, our body is telling us all the time what uh, it needs and what it does not need. But because uh, we have lost our capacity to listen to our body. That is why uh, we have made our body suffer quite a lot. So now, practicing mindfulness, <clears throat> practicing concentration and insight, we rediscover the goodness of uh, moderation. We help uh, our body and our store consciousness to to uh, to allow that wisdom to to manifest again. And uh, since there is a tendency to run away from suffering, <coughs> the practice of meditation helps us to see that uh, suffering plays a very important role in bringing up uh, uh, understanding and compassion. And that is why uh, the participation of uh, mind consciousness uh, into our daily life can help restore the wisdom and make them grow. The 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 cultivation of uh, understanding, love, compassion uh, need uh, the practice of mindfulness, of, of, of mind consciousness.
the tendency of uh, running away, uh, running away from uh, suffering, is there in every one of us. When we think of the pure land of the Buddha, when we think of the kingdom of God, we think of a place where there is no suffering. We aspire to go there. But looking deeply, which is the work of uh, mind consciousness, you realize that uh, happiness is something impossible without understanding and compassion. If uh, the pure land of Buddha has happiness, the land of bliss, the land of happiness, if the kingdom of God is uh, the land of happiness, and then there must be a lot of understanding and compassion there. Otherwise, how can we describe this land as a land of happiness? But the fact is that without suffering, there's no way to cultivate understanding and, and compassion. I don't want to send my friends and students and uh, and children to a place where there is no suffering, because I know in advance that in such a place, my friends and my uh, children have no opportunity to learn to cultivate uh, understanding and compassion. So my definition of the kingdom of God of the pure land of the Buddha is not a place where there is no suffering. It is a place where there is understanding and compassion. And where there is understanding and compassion, suffering must be there, because without suffering, there is no way to cultivate understanding and compassion. In the upper hamlet of Pemulesh, we have a lotus pond. And we know that the lotus can never grow without mud. You need the mud in order to have the lotus. You cannot plant lotus on marbles. So the mud plays a very, very vital role in bringing out the lotus. The suffering brings a vital role in bringing understanding and compassion. And that is why uh, meditating, looking deeply, mind consciousness can see the goodness of suffering. And there is no tendency to run away from suffering anymore. In fact, we have to embrace our suffering and look deeply into it. And we can learn a lot from it. And our capacity of uh, understanding and loving comes from the fact that we are capable of holding the suffering and learning from it.
So when uh, when the seed of fear come up, when the seed of fear in the depth of our store consciousness come up on the level of mind consciousness, the practice is to invite uh, the seat of mindfulness to manifest also. And as uh, fear is uh, an energy, mindfulness is also a kind of energy. And it is the energy of mindfulness that is uh, recognizing the energy of fear and embracing the energy of fear. Mindfulness is not there to help us run away from, from the suffering, but to help us to be really there in order to recognize and embrace the suffering. In the beginning, our mindfulness is not strong enough in order to hold our pain and our sorrow. That is why we need the collective energy of mindfulness of the Sangha. But later on, when we go home, our mindfulness has grown strong enough for us to hold our pain our sorrow, our fear. Because of holding like that, we can bring relief, we can identify, we can see the nature of our ill-being. And finally, we can transform it. Mindfulness carry within herself the energy of concentration. And the energy of mindfulness and concentration carry within themselves the energy of insight. So the continuation of the practice of mindfulness will nourish our concentration. And when mindfulness and concentration are strong enough, uh, we will have the kind of insight that will be able to help us uh, release the tension, release the suffering, transform the suffering, bringing in a, a relief. And the process of uh, the practice of meditation is the process of uh, generating the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And that uh, energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight will do the work of transformation at, at the base, down here. In Buddhism, we speak of uh, taking refuge in the Buddha.
the Buddha is not uh, not as uh, a person outside of us, but the energy of uh, mindfulness, concentration, and insight in us. We have the seed of understanding, of uh, compassion in us. There are times we are capable of understanding, of being understanding, of being compassionate. And uh, we know that the energy of understanding and compassion can be generated from within. And that is the energy of the Buddha inside. And taking refuge in the Buddha means to trust your capacity of understanding, of being compassionate. The fact is that in the past, there were times when we were capable of understanding, of being compassionate. And that made us happy. So taking refuge in the Buddha means to trust that capacity to understand and to love within yourself. The Buddha is always there, and you can touch the Buddha at any time you like. When you allow the Buddha in you to walk, he or she will walk beautifully, mindfully, and with a lot of joy. If you are lazy to do walk and meditation, allow the Buddha, ask the Buddha in you to do the walking for you. I tell you a story. Several years ago, I was in uh, Seoul, South Korea. The police had uh, arranged so that he had a walk invitation in the city. They blocked. They had blocked. They had blocked uh, the way. But when the time came to lead the walk invitation. I found it very difficult to walk because uh, hundreds of uh, cameramen uh, were closing in. There's no path to walk at all. I told the Buddha, Dear Buddha, I give up. You walk for me. (laughs) And the Buddha came right away and he walked. And suddenly they make a path for the Buddha to walk. So it's possible that you allow the Buddha to do it for you. And I'm sure that he will, she will do it beautifully. And you enjoy. Let the Buddha breathe. Let the Buddha walk. 
you don't have to breathe, you don't have to walk. The Buddha is in you, and the Buddha knows how to do it very beautifully. In Plum Village, there is a brother who is very, uh, very strong in computer. And every time uh, the brother has got uh, a problem, and is about uh, to give up, and they think of uh, that brother, they call brother, come and help. And when the brother come, well, they just make place for the, brother, the big brother to sit down, and everything will be all right. <laughs> that big brother is the Buddha in you. Trust him, trust her. I have uh, written a few new gathas for my own practice, and they work very well, and I want to share it with you. I wrote in Vietnamese, but I can translate into English for you. The first, the first poem is, uh, Let the Buddha walk, let Buddha, let Buddha breathe, let the Buddha walk. I don't have to breathe, I don't have to walk. We are lazy from time to time. We are human. Now, we allow ourselves to be lazy. We ask the Buddha to do it for us. Để buộc thở, để buộc đi. Mình khỏi thở, mình khỏi đi. Let the Buddha breathe. Let the Buddha walk. I don't have to breathe. I don't have to, to, to walk. Let respond to my laziness. The Buddha is doing everything. And you practice walking with that yata. Let the Buddha breathe. Let the Buddha walk. I don't need to breathe. I don't need to walk. In the beginning, you distinguish there is me and there is a Buddha in me. But as the Buddha does it, you begin to profit. So the second gata is, the Buddha is breathing, the Buddha is walking. I enjoy the breathing, I enjoy the walking. Bụt đang thở, bụt đang đi, mình được thở, mình được đi. I need a beautiful translation in English. Please help. Buddha is breathing. Buddha is uh, walking. I enjoy the breathing. I enjoy the walking. I don't have to do anything. I just enjoy. Try and you see. The third the third gata. The Buddha, Buddha is the breathing. Buddha is the walking. I am the breathing. I am the walking. Buddha is the breathing. 
Buddha is the working. I am the breathing. I am I am the walking. In the begin uh, in the beginning, you believe that uh, there must be someone in order for the walk, the the breathing to be possible. There's, there must be someone in order for the walking to be possible. But in fact, the walking, the breathing is enough. The walking is enough. We don't need a walker. We, we don't need a breather. What we notice that there is a walking that is going on, there is a breathing that goes going on. And we can try very hard if we cannot identify the breather and the walker. Let us think of uh, the rain. We, we used to say the rain is falling which is quite funny because if it is not raining, it's not falling, it's not the rain at all. So the rain is the falling itself. There is no rainer above to perform the raining. We don't need a rainer, we just need the rain. When we say the wind is blowing, it's equally funny. Because if it's not blowing, it's not the, the, the wind at all. <laughs> you don't need a blower. <laughs> so rain, wind is enough. Here is the same. What I consider to be the Buddha walking is just the walking, but the walking with high quality of walking. <laughs> because that walking we enjoy. It's mindful walking, a lot of peace and joy. And look, look at that, that, uh, that uh, uh, breathing, that walking, you see you see the quality. So enjoyable. So if uh, that walking is uh, of the quality of a Buddha's walking, it's highly enjoyable. And I, I hear Buddha is that breathing, Buddha is that walking. I am also that breathing, I am also that walking. Buddha and I, we are both the walk and the and the breath. And we begin to touch the reality of no self when we walk like that. You realize that there is only the breathing going on, 
there is only the walking going on. The best kind of walking, the best kind of breathing, and very enjoyable. So to uh, to uh, to repeat, let the Buddha walk. Let the Buddha breathe. I don't need to walk. I don't need to breathe. Buddha is breathing. Buddha is walking. I enjoy the breathing. I enjoy the walking. Buddha is the breathing. Buddha is the walking. I am the breathing. I am the walking. Now come to the fourth. Chỉ có thở, chỉ có đi. There is only the breathing. There is only the walking. Chỉ có thở, chỉ có đi. Không người thở, không người đi. There is no walk, breather, there is no walk. In a way, there is no rainer, there is no uh, blower. And the last uh, gata is uh, Ankita, peace. Why walking? Why breathing? Peace, why breathing? Happiness, joy. Why walking? Peace is the breath. Peace is uh, the breathing itself. And happiness or joy is the walking itself. So since the, since the time of uh, the visit to South Korea, I have been enjoying this, uh, this kata while walking. And I would like to share, to share them with you, and uh, you might like to use it during this retreat. Let the Buddha breathe. Let the Buddha walk. I don't need to breathe. I don't need to go up. The Buddha is breathing. Buddha is walking. I enjoy the breathing. I enjoy the walking. Buddha is the breathing. Buddha is the walking. I am the breathing. I am the walking. It's only the breathing. There is only the walking. There is no one 
a breathing is no one walking. Peace while breathing, peace while walking, peace is the breathing, peace is the walking. Please help make a beautiful English translation. And if possible, we can make it into a sound. So a retreat like this is an opportunity for us to learn, to enjoy our breathing, our walking, our breakfast eating, our breath, uh, and uh, learn how to, to stop to arrive in the here and the now at every moment. And if we arrive at the uh, if we, uh, we get the habit of uh, arriving, of feeling at home at every moment of that daily life, in our daily life, and then the healing, the transformation will take place naturally. In the Chinese um, medicine, uh, Chinese tradition of medicine. Mm. Very often they offer us uh, delicious things to eat. And just by eating, you get the healing. Very, mm, very nice uh, things uh, mm, made of uh, fruit or leaf, or something like that. And as you enjoy drinking these things, eating these things, you get uh, the healing. So, uh, is it pleasant to to heal? The same thing is true with uh, the practice. While you practice sitting, you enjoy sitting. While you practice breathing, you enjoy the breathing. While you practice um, walking, you enjoy uh, the, the walking. And if you are able to enjoy, and then the healing transformation will take place. And you don't have to suffer when you practice Buddhist meditation. In fact, you can enjoy every breath, every step, every sitting, 